0: following teaching is from the Warrior's Heart Bible Study for Men. You can find us on the web at warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day. Let's get started because I know we're getting a little bit of a, a later start. Uh, last week we were in the beginning of the summer section and we, we looked at within that practical steps of walking with God. Uh, we looked at uh, scriptures that talked about the fact that God was passionately about your transformation and what else? Transformation, which is restoration and there's joy. A, a word starts with J. Joy.
1: joy. joy
0: yeah. That he wants your transformation and your joy. He doesn't want just your transformation. He doesn't want, well, I'll just make you happy the way you are. He wants to change your life so that all that he has for you, you would experience that. And today, Steve and I are going to give some highlights from the second part of this chapter. Uh, we, we don't cover everything, so our encouragement is keep reading, keep journaling, keep processing. Um, I hope you're having little moments of like aha moments as you're going through Scripture. Ask, ask Mark how it was going for him, and he's enjoying that. I hope you're enjoying the book. I want to pray and ask God to speak, Um, and if you would in your heart just say, God, here am I, speak, speak to me today. Um, Father God, we are here, we uh, we are blessed to be in the country that we're in, God, we don't take that for granted, Uh, we're blessed to be amongst each other this morning in this fellowship, God, we don't take that for granted either, but Lord, more than both of those things, God, we are in your family we are loved of you. We have an advocate from you that's about our restoration and transformation and joy. And God, as we are saying, we want to learn to walk with you. We want to learn to understand you and and hear your voice, not just know your word, which is primary and central, but God, the day-to-day things we do, who to call, should I continue to date this person, or is this job opening, something you want me to apply for, God. Those, those decisions aren't book, chapter, verse. Lord, we need your guidance. We need your, your voice to lead us. We want to be men that surrender to you and your presence and to have intimacy with you. So speak today. Give us ears to hear. Uh, we love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, as we get started, if y'all would turn to the section, it's summer page 48. And it was, this very first section is called What Kind of Fruit? And I was blown away. And I'm going to read the the, the verse here and the quote that follows it. It's from John, I mean, from Matthew chapter seven says, You shall know them by their fruit. Now, this is dealing with like false prophets, false teachers. But, but Eldridge does something with this, and as I look through the Old Testament and I begin to look through parts of Paul's writings, it's not inconsistent at all. It's, he says, the principle holds true for anything in life. It's especially helpful in diagnosing what the enemy might be up to. What is the fruit of what you're experiencing? What is its effect? Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Obviously, the enemy has come to steal kill and destroy, he said, look at the fruit, it will give you a good idea of the tree that it came from. How many of y'all, some of the voices that you hear in your head are negative? Raise your hand. How many of y'all sometimes on your own free will speak negative about yourself? I don't know about y'all, but, but I probably have a graduate, an advanced graduate degree in that internally. And I didn't realize it until I got married in the first year of marriage my wife said I've never met anyone who talks so harshly about themselves as you. So she sort of gave me a challenge. So she challenged me to become aware of it and so she was like anytime I hear you say something negative about yourself, I'm just going to tell you there it goes again. And so I mean, literally thousands of times. And for me, it flowed out of woundedness. As a young guy in my family with an abusive relationship with my brother, I adopted his voice into my life. And I don't remember many positive things I ever heard from him. I'm not a victim of that. But that began to be my lens. And I want to share with you one of these statements that, that hung on early in life was that I'm not good enough. And it really didn't matter what area it was. It could be school, sports, dating. When I became a Christian, it didn't go away. And all of a sudden it became, you're not good at being a Christian. You're not good at reading scripture. You're not good at spiritual disciplines. You're not good at evangelism. Anyone else experience any of that? And maybe this is just my therapy opportunity, but you're not good enough had sunk into my soul. But but let me ask the question: take that and measure that against the fruit of the spirit. If y'all would turn over to Galatians 5, or if you have a, you know, on your on your mobile device, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit, and who's found it? Who's got it? Lance, read read those out. Ninefold fruit of the spirit. Okay, so. So for me in this in this journey so if I'm no good I'm a horrible dad okay I'm not a perfect dad but I have to reject that because if I believe I'm a horrible dad the fruit of that does that bring me to love no not at all does it bring joy peace any does it bring any of these now, if I'm an alcoholic that beats my kids, then it may bring me to repent, to say, Lord, I, I need your self-control. I need to abide in you. But it didn't bring any of that. It brought the opposite of that. It brought hopelessness, a desire to just, I don't even need to try. I need to quit. I mean, these are not of God at all. And so it, a simple fact that it's sort of not in the book, but for me, that I had to adopt that first year of marriage— was this, if the fruit is rotten, it's not from the root of the Spirit of God, and you have to reject it. If the fruit is rotten, so whatever that statement is that you're hearing, if you're trying to discern, is this from God? Is it producing shame? It's probably not from Him. Is it making you want to just give up, not give up immorality, but, but give up your job, or give up your marriage, or give up your friendship. Those things are there, and so if the fruit is rotten, the root of that is not the Spirit of God, and you need to reject that. So inside that fruit, let's come back to the dreaded formula here that, that I know I have held to in, in many, many ways, and it's, it's the A plus B equals C, that, that man, if I am good and I believe in God, all will be Well. And we talked about that the very second week there. And Eldridge reminds us that there is an enemy. That Jesus came as a blessing, but the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And as I was reading through this, it reminded me of something that's in the very beginning of Screwtape Letters. And I don't know if you know much about it. It began as a radio talk, and and he actually read this out in one of the colleges that he was a teacher in, and on and this is pretty cool, July fifth, nineteen forty-one is when he began reading out screw tape letters. And he read this in the introduction to screw tape. He said, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence which would make you a materialist, is what he would call you, if you don't believe there's any supernatural. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. He would call that a magician, if someone's overly focused on the demonic. He says, they themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. That we can make too much of it, and we can ignore it either one. The scriptural reality in Revelation is that the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail. There was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who does what? Not just deceives, but what's the scope of the deception? The whole world. in, that has floored me. He was thrown to the earth, the angels with him. Skip, it, it goes into the, to the woman who ends up being who we would say is, is the, the one that we are, her offspring. So the dragon was furious with the woman, left to wage war against the rest of her offspring, that would be us those who keep commands and have the testimony about Jesus. To wage war, to deceive the whole earth, there is an enemy. Does that mean that every time I sin, it's the enemy's fault? Well, no, James deals with that. It's my selfish nature. It's my flesh. But there is influence in this world, and if we are not keenly, keenly aware of it, it will be to our peril. And so Steve is going to share in that, in that line, if there is a warfare going on and we're examining the fruit of what we hear and we realize there's an enemy that could be influencing us and in our internal climate. And so, Steve, if, if you can segue with that.
1: Guys, I want to clear up something. <clears throat> we're not talking about sin. We're not talking about our personal sin. What we're talking about is As Eldridge points out in page 50, something comes against us that's clear, and it's time to pray. It's time to pray. Next slide. Guys, so what movie is this from? You know this scene? What scene is this, guys? What's that? Well that's that's usual, isn't it? You know what what what's the battle they're about ready to go into? This is the famous This is the famous scene where William Wallace, Mel Gibson, riding on horseback, and he's got all of his Scotsmen behind him, and he's throwing down the challenge. It's the Battle of Sterling. the Battle of Sterling. you Have you seen this movie? Anybody seen this movie? Who has not seen this movie? Who has not seen this movie? Ben, you haven't seen it? Two guys? I'll send it to you on a DVD. All right, guys. I need some help. Uh, Scott, I think you need to help me. Sure. Okay. should get by. Not yet. This is a claymore sword. Anybody seen one of these before? Uh, this is Paul's. This is my son's. I'm, I'm even nervous when you're just sort of moving it up and down. This is what William Wallace or something similar to this. His was probably heavier, and these uh, these blades are not very they're not very sharp.
0: I would be grateful that they're not so sharp.
1: What's that? This would be a, uh, a quick, uh, just like we've seen in, in uh, the movie here, he de- decapitates a number of his uh, English friends in this. I can pass that along. Guys, so the question is, what are we going to, if the enemy comes, if the enemy comes, what are we going to do? Are we going to talk about it? This was not talking time. Remember, there, there, at the Battle of Stirling, there was the plain and the English with all their armaments were on one side and the Scots, who were totally outmanned, were on the other. The question is, what are we gonna do? Are we just gonna talk about it as men or are we gonna act?
0: And Steve, you said if, and the reality is when. The if is certain, right?
1: The, the if is what? The enemy
0: coming against you. The
1: enemy will come against yeah. you. The question is exactly like Eric was saying, do I recognize it? Mm. If I don't recognize it, I stuff it. I put it below the surface and I just say it, 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 it's inconsequential to me. Mm. Do it and speak it now. The enemy is present in the form of some foul spirit and you command him to leave. As the scripture urges, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And here's the point, no resist, no flee. And you know, we talk as a nation about going into war. You know, either when the United States goes into war, we either go into war or we don't. We tend to be a, a nation that when we commit to it, other than the Vietnam War, We were all in for World War II. All in. We were all in for Iraq. We were all in with Afghanistan, and then the politicians came in and did the waffling thing. We are commanded to resist, out loud in the name of Jesus Christ. So the question is, when the enemy comes, what are you gonna do, guys? Last Thursday afternoon, You know, we came here last week, we taught on the first part of summer, and we opened the door. And this is not unusual for me, uh, but I felt like hell on uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Just It was like a a fog came over, Um, despair, rotten fruit showed up,
0: Hmm.
1: said, wow had a great time this morning with the guys. Thank you, Lord. Number of blessings were coming on thir- last Thursday morning, but Friday Thursday afternoon, it was just like I want to crawl into a cave and die. And I'm not over exaggerating it. Hopelessness and despair and worry. If I'm going to get taken out, guys, and you've got your pet th- Pet one, two, or three. Eric and I talked about this. He said, when when the enemy comes to him, it almost always, the lead act is hopelessness. What is yours? If you don't know, if you don't know what the enemy's tricks of the trade are for you, you're going to get taken out. need to ask him. Lord, what are the enemy's plans against me and my life? You need to know. So for me, it's hopelessness, despair, and worry. It's almost always the same thing. It always looks the same, and it always, unless I comp- unless I recognize it, it will take me out. Sometimes for 24, 48 hours or longer.
0: Hey, hey Steve, is there a typical trigger for you, or could it just, like, can you no. sense it coming? Do you see no. it coming? No. Or it just all of a it's sudden?
1: It's just, it's, hold it. Man, I feel terrible today. I don't want to talk to anybody. I, wanna, I don't want to pray. I don't want to be around my friends. I don't want to do anything. It's almost a paralysis that comes in, and it's like, hold it. I had a good lunch. I didn't eat, you know, didn't eat too, something too spicy. It's like all of a sudden it, mm. it comes. am I connecting with anybody here and here's the question and this is the one it's built upon what we had been talking about in the past this is the most important question above every other question you feel that sense of dread or hopelessness or whatever that is for you Lord what's going on here you're calling for reinforcements. You're calling in the airstrike. You're the Navy SEAL or the, or the Army Ranger on the scene, and you're asking for help. Lord, what's going on here? And this is what I heard. Steve, it's depression and fear. Just as clear as that, Steve, it's depression and fear. So what do you do when you hear that from the Lord? Mm. I bring the full work of the Lord Jesus Christ against the spirits of depression and fear, and I bind depression and fear for me now. You take authority over it. Lord Jesus, restore joy and peace and hope to me now. Could you say that? Could you activate that in your life? Let's read that together. I bring the full work of the Lord Jesus Christ against the spirits of depression and fear, and I bind depression and fear from me now. Lord Jesus, restore joy and peace and hope to me. I'm taking the weapons of warfare, which as we all know is described well in Ephesians 6 this is Ephesians 6:17 this is the passage finally be strong in the lord and his mighty power listen to this as we look at the as the sword and we talk about it here 6:17 and 18 take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god So God is saying, or Paul writing, he's saying, the word of God that is you, you know that that's not the right fruit. Depression, fear, and worry is not from God. You take that fruit and say, no, I have love, joy, peace in my life because Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in me. So I've got to evict the wrong wrong tenants, and I do that. And pray in the spirit, meaning, Lord, what is it going on? Occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we have to actively uh, Eldridge here, and I've heard it put in other places. You, you speak it out loud. The enemy is, cannot read your mind, so you have to tell him. It's not a prayer to God. It is not a prayer to God. It is a renouncing the enemy forces. So join peace came. It was just as simple as that, guys. 3:30 in the afternoon last Thursday. I knew hell had come and I said that. Hmm. And in a split second, join joy peace came. To be honest, it has come back many times over the last seven days. And sometimes I do something about it, and sometimes I ignore it. And I just so, guys, let's take. We're going to now look. What does it take? Be willing to have a look at your own life, especially in this realm.
0: The uh, saying something out loud is going to seem really weird at first. Speaking that out loud for me, I have never really spoken that stuff out loud, except maybe once or twice in my life. And I've going through this. I realized the so last night. Uh, my daughter came back from being gone for 10 days at grandparents' house, uh, my wife's family's house, and there was quite a bit of tumultuous reentry, friction, and uh, I just went into the bedroom with my wife. Daughter was up front, and and I just told her, I, I said, you know, we've been talking about this book, and so I just, I just shared with her what I felt like we needed to pray, and we prayed out loud, basic very similar. It wasn't the spirits of despair and hopelessness, but it was this spirit of, of victimization and pride is what we felt like we were to pray against, and we prayed out loud against that. Does that make my family, are we all? No, we have our friction, but, but it, it felt weird. I'm just telling you, it, it will feel weird, just like changing your golf swing feels weird, but the fruit of that is practicing what God has shown us over time, will yield great things. I, wanna, I had my uh, 50-year physical Woo! last week. Uh, the the last physical I had was my 40-year physical. I'm on the decade plan. How many of y'all love going to the doctor? Or or what about, okay, well, we're going to talk to you later. Okay, um, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, one out of every 50 guys is hypochondriac, so that's, that's absolutely, no, I'm just kidding, Okay. <laughs> What about that? That light comes on in your car? How many of y'all can't wait just to get that into the shop and let the mechanics have your car for a while and just tell you what it's going to cost? Or you know, how many of y'all like that site right there, just the end of the month, you know sitting down? I can't wait to reconcile my accounts. I, I'm sure everything's gotten bigger since last month, and you know it, how many of y'all dread those? y'all dread that stuff, or am I the only one that dreads that stuff? Yeah, it's called meant, and, and uh, absolutely. How many of y'all like the bad news? How many of y'all avoid bad news? And what are ways that we avoid bad news? What are ways that we avoid dealing with the stuff? Distraction, ignoring it. Don't go to the doctor, but every 10 years. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. In marriage, I'll just say this, if you're married or if you want to be married, there will be a temptation in marriage to sort of put your head down and do your own thing because you know you're not as good a husband as you thought you were going to be, and you really don't want to hear it from your wife. So you're just going to put your head down and you're just going to go for, I'm just going to work really hard and, hey, honey, I'm going to go out with the guys, we're going to play golf now and... I'll do anything at all. But ask my wife, "Hey, how how are we doing? How are you doing? Are we are we doing all right? Hey, how, as a husband, am I are you feeling love and support? Am I encouraging you enough? I mean, I I hate more than that guy, that light and that stuff is because my wife sees me at my lowest points. She's also probably seen me at some of my better points. But I know God has placed us together, and God has a ministry of her in my life if I will man up enough to ask, hey, honey, how are we doing? The, the, The reality of all of this is we will either pay now or we will pay later. And when we pay later, it is going to cost more. Counseling sessions will cost far more later than they would today. Counseling's not for when the wheels come off. It's so that the wheels don't come off. Going to the doctor on a regular basis, Scott, to eat my own medicine, take my own medicine here, I feel that conviction, is really so that I don't end up in the ER you know, with a cardiac arrest because I was aware that my cholesterol level was high which I did find out by the way I was I was shocked that eating as much bacon as I do that it's not higher but the doctor didn't think that was an impressive statement and I thought that was like totally totally cool hey this this law this law the pay now or pay later is woven into the fabric of the universe by the maker of the universe And Paul called it this, he called it the law of the harvest. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. He says, don't be deceived, God's not mocked, for whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life from the Spirit. No, the life of the Spirit is, will flow from that, the attributes of that, the fruit that we desire. So we must not do what? Get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Pay now or pay later. We will get discouraged, despair, depression, hopelessness, And Paul knew it. Paul wrestled with it. I can show you other passages that you see Paul hard-pressed on every side. But Paul chose to lean into God every time. That was Paul. He manned up every time. And that we have to truly lean into God more. So the question is going to be, these questions, I want us around the table to have that conversation. Are we going to be passive or proactive? Am I going to say, hey, I'm going to take a look under the hood, God. Spiritually, how am I doing right now? How am I doing at work? How am I doing just walking with God in patience and goodness? And then what do I turn to in order to avoid dealing with the issues, whatever the issue is? My track record was, you know, pornography, uh, movies, exercise. I mean, those were sort of big three for me. For you, it may be something else. And then, is there one thing that I'm, I'm postponing in my life right now? Is there one thing in your life right now you've been avoiding it for a long time? You just need to, you need to let God get into that area <clears throat> and begin to work. So take a few minutes, have that conversation around the tables, and we will be back.
1: Guys, I'm really proud of you guys for going there. Don't leave this one here, this last question. Is there one thing that I am postponing in my life right now? <clears throat> Take it with you. Activate it. Guys, I want to... Uh, this to me is an incredibly insightful place in uh, in his book. You know, the enemy comes after you. You take a look or you don't take a look or you punt it. And then he goes through three stories here in the book. He's got these plans of life that he likes. He likes life on the way he wants it. He likes life the way he wants it. So he's asking the question, what is God giving to me? And what I found is, and it, when he said this, it sort of put a little bit, of, not that size dagger, but a little bit smaller dagger in my heart on this one. And it brought to mind this story, and I'm going to tell you this story because it's not, a, it's not really very pretty. Christmas, if you are, uh, does anybody like Christmas. Uh, I don't know if, you know, the, today's the internet age, I don't, when I grew up, it was the Sears catalog, and we all looked at the Sears catalog, and literally uh, rubbed off the ink in the Sears catalog, uh, because you look through it, what What am I going to get, and so I came up with long lists, uh, handwritten to Santa Claus,
0: with page numbers and the letter, exactly, <laughs> and
1: but I didn't give them the internet. I didn't say that you could get them at Amazon.
0: <laughs>
1: what is God giving? So there's a there's a conflict here. I have my life plans, and all of a sudden, I'm going one direction. I'm on the right-hand lane, and God is coming at a different lane. Mm. And God's giving presents to us. He says in James one seventeen. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. So, as a good daddy, God is giving us presents. It was—I uh, was trying to remember this because I really want to forget it. Oh, no. It was Christmas of nineteen sixty-five. Is anybody alive? There were a few guys. A few guys were alive by then. I was. Uh, David didn't raise yeah, his hand. Thank you. By the way. Just, just. I was eight years old, and I had I had given Santa Claus or my parents this long list of goodies, and I was I was by gosh I was expecting Santa Claus to show up in the way I told him to show up.
0: That's why he's there.
1: And at five fifteen in the morning, I can remember this oh. like how long? How many years? Is that fifty two years. I remember running to my parents' bedroom. And my parents had a double bed. Oh. What's a queen-size bed? A double bed. And I said, Mom and Dad, I was gypped. Santa gave me a sleeping bag. And that's not what I wanted. 5.15 oh. in the morning.
0: Dude, that was-
1: well, there are pictures in uh, there are pictures of the jip bags. It was affectionately known for the last, you know, forty years of my parents' life. Oh, Steve, you remember when you got your jip bag? <laughs> Truth is, I still have it. That comfy sleeping bag from 1965 is in my garage, and occasionally we'll roll it out. My parents knew something better than I did. And the question is, in the hands of a loving, incredibly powerful, all-committed God, does God know things that you and I need more than you know you need for yourself? Let me say that again. For a God that overwhelmingly loves you and knows you. He knows you yesterday, he knows you today, and he knows you in training. Does he know things better than you do? Including the gifts that he needs to give to you. And so in that spirit, what is God giving we have one choice. I, I wasn't thankful to my parents. I can't imagine as a, as a parent what my mom and dad really thought when I told them that. <laughs> I never asked them because I was just that selfish. But God is asking us and telling us many times, men, I want you to rejoice. I want you to pray continually. And I want you to give thanks to me in all circumstances. Because I'm a daddy that loves you and I'm with you. I'm asking you to walk with me, boys, men. And this is what Jesus did, 1 Thessalonians 5. So, guys, these are some of the things that will come to you as you live your life. And it's just clear. He is going to make you whole. That abuse that you had growing up is not going to stay with you. He's going to take it away. He is going to make you holy. Because that's good for you. He wants us to be the ambassadors of the living God with all of the fruit that he has intended for us. What would it look like if all of a sudden, if somebody came up close to me, I got married, and all of a sudden they said, wow, you sure have disappointing fruit, Steve. That wouldn't be pretty, would it? God is going to put the love and joy, and and he's going to grow us into that. And I remember... Two years ago, if, if you guys are not uh, uh, men's retreat guys, let me encourage you. In October, we're going to have our men's retreat. When Ben Stewart spoke two years ago in 2015, it changed my life. It put everything in context that God is training us up. He's not looking for me to be an adolescent or a teenager my whole life. He's training me up. So going through divorce, going through financial situations, going through bitterness events, going through this, he said, Steve, I've sent all those to you. I let all those flow your way because I wanted to train you up to be the man of God that you are. Well, God, I didn't like those gifts. Steve, I'm training you to be the man of God. And I'm training you, Corey, to be the man of God for Marlin. And I'm training you, Brad, to be the man of God that you are. And Wade, I'm training you up to be the man of God that you are. And Steve, I'm training you up. And Lance, I'm training you up. We're all in the same Navy SEALs course, men. We're all in the same Navy SEALs course. God is training us up for the later days. And only he knows what those days are. I know Lee is for sure, right? If you guys look at your life and say, there's a God that is so loving behind everything. He's preparing me for the later days. He knows I'm going to have to run that race. So as you leave today and you think about your day, you have a choice. Say, I want it my way, God. Or you say, Daddy, I want your way more than mine.
0: Quote that we gave you week two, and I want to put it back up here. We cannot trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart from Spurgeon. And we just want to encourage all that, that what Steve is saying is, man, trust your father's heart. Trust your Father's heart. Even when you can't understand where is His hand in all of this. He is sovereign. He is good. He is loving. He is just. We can trust our Father's heart when we don't always see where the hand is leading. And that's a faith position. That is a humble position. But that is the position of God's men that have been used by him in great, great ways. And so our, our desires is that. I'm going to put it back now to table time. We're,
1: we're going to jump ahead on this, guys. Use this as a, as a springboard for next week. There are too many faithful saints that don't cross this Grand Canyon. If you're still holding on to disappointments for 42 years ago, it's time to let them go. What disappointments have been dominating the landscape of your life? Are, are they new? If they're new, it's okay. Let them, let them come to the surface. If they're more than a few years old, take out the trash. Yeah. Take out the trash. In spite of these disappointments, what, God, what gifts has God been bringing into your life? I loved what, uh, was it last week I told a story about the U.S. Open or two weeks ago? The two golf.
0: weeks
1: ago. I, I loved what Scott said. He said, I, I always wondered what that backstory was that old faded blue shirt that Steve wears. It's because it has the 2008 U.S. Open logo, golf logo on the, on the pocket. Why would I want to get rid of it? It was a God moment, it was a blessed moment. I want to recall it, I want to remember it. God sent it. So, guys, this week, use this as a a point to ask God, God, is there a disappointment that's still lingering in my life? He'll tell you. Lord, what gifts have you been giving me that maybe I haven't seen? I've ignored them. It's keeping it fresh. It's keeping that fruit fresh. You know, there's just nothing like going to a beautiful store that has fresh fruit, is there? I mean, it just looks. God knows all the colors of the rainbow, doesn't he? It's, you know, it's stunning. Guys, for next week, uh, we're jumping from uh, into the next section, which is fall. Summer and fall, we're going to cover pages 75 through 97. Father, I thank you for each one of these men. You know my heart and your heart for these men is good. You love each one of these men so much. that You're going to wake them up on Thursday mornings and you're going to speak to them.
0: Mm.
1: Just like your son Jesus left the shore on his own and spent time with you because it was the most valuable thing he could do in all of his ministry day. Lord, I thank you that you're calling each of us as men to come alone with you. Hear what you have to say to us. Tell us that you've got it, that you love us, that you're with us. Father, we don't want to just go to a Bible study. We want to encounter the living God. And you're waiting for us to come right there. Thank you, Father, for these men. You love them more than I do. But Eric and I love them too.
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you can join us in person. We meet Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the garden room of Houston's First Baptist Church. For more details and to register, you can visit us on the web at warriorsheart.org. That's warriorsheart.org. Have a great day.